I'm your host, Erin Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host, Erin Groves, and I have a good friend with me today, as I mentioned previously on my Instagram stories. Welcome, Nikki Miller. Say hello. Hi there. I am so excited to have Nikki on. She is one of my really good friends here in Dallas, and it was her idea to do a little bit of a reverse interview episode, which I loved. So Nikki, introduce yourself and elaborate on the idea as much as you want. Yeah, like Erin said, my name is Nikki, and I actually work with Erin, and I thought it would be a good idea since Erin's always interviewing everyone else um, for someone to interview her and for her viewers to get to know her better. And here we are doing a little reverse interview. She had a bunch of really good questions that are things I don't really ever think of. She always asks me them and mm-hmm. I just answer them, but I don't really think too much. And I feel like it's just because it is who I am as a person. And so I thought, why not bring her on? It'll definitely be an episode where you guys will get to know me a little bit more. And kind of like Nikki mentioned, so we met through our day job. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Nikki is from Austin, moved to Dallas, what, four years ago? Yep. Well, no, it's been probably about seven or eight years, actually. Oh, because <laughs> yeah, she went, I to- went to college. I went to TCU. Yeah. So she has been working at my organi- organization for five years or four years now? About five, four and a half. Four and a half. And so when I got a new job, she was one of my first really good friends here. And we have just bonded over work ethic, being very career oriented. She is married and has a cute little dog, Toby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out, Toby. My pride and joy. (laughs) Here in Dallas. So that is a little bit about Nikki. Anything else you want to add? No, I I think you you said it perfectly. (laughs) I hit the nail on the head. Exactly. All right. Are we ready for some questions? Let's do it. All right. What's the first one? So first one, I think we should just start with a really basic question and fill viewers in about you, you know, where you're from, how you got to Dallas, a little bit of your background. Great question. So I am from Columbus, Ohio originally. I was born and raised there. I lived there my whole entire life. So I briefly went to college at the University of Kentucky for three semesters, which I have a funny, you know, kind of sad story from there. Um, and I transferred back to Ohio State and didn't move to Dallas until after college. That was 2019. Well, actually, let's let's hear the story. What's the funny story? <laughs> this is this is like a total you can't tease with that. <laughs> well, this is it's not like a sad story, but I feel like it kind of goes into like who I am as a person and a lot of the reason that I have a podcast and like I'm super positive, but I know one of the questions that Nikki has coming is about confidence and how I, you know, stay confident and how I make friends. And it was funny because when I first went to the University of Kentucky, I don't think these girls are listening, but I had just gotten super into running and I would run all the time. I was working out all the time. It was just something that I absolutely love to do. And I had gone on a spring break trip 
don't know if I've ever told really anyone this story before. And I had fallen asleep one day early and I had my running shoes because I was still going to run at least a couple days when I was there. And the girls that I thought were my friends, it's like a sad story, took a video of me making fun of me because I had running shoes and it was this whole thing in their like spring break video. And I just remember in that point in time, I'm like, I don't ever want to be friends with someone that is going to make fun of me because I have running shoes. And it was this whole thing. And I remember being so sad, but I feel like that was one of those moments in my life that I'm like, you're really going to make fun of me because I'm running. Yeah. That's really strange. It's like, (laughs) Hey, I'm super fit. I like to work out. I'm going to laugh at you for that. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So that is one sad, I guess it's sad, but it was one of those turning points in college where you just look back at your friends and you're like, do I really want to be friends with people like that? That the health, the healthiest thing I could do for myself is what they're making fun of me for. Yeah. So. I mean, if you had to be made fun of for something, that's not too bad, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that is true. I just feel like I, I just remember looking back and I'm like, wow. And it just kind of shows you. And I always say this on the podcast and I tell my friends this all the time that people who are making fun of you, they're usually envious of where you are and where you're going. And so it's just funny to think that they're making fun of me because I was going for a run when they were out there eating bad food or drinking or yeah. doing all this stuff. And now I look back and I'm like, I would not trade my life for where you are. Absolutely. So. That's a little bit of background. Awesome. Well, you kind of talked a little bit about, you know, your move to Dallas and that you're from Ohio. Why and when, I guess I'll start with when did you start the podcast and why did you want to start it? Yeah. So I moved to Dallas originally for a job and the podcast was something that I had originally started with a friend, which a lot of you who are listening from the beginning know that. And My mom had always told me, you need to be a sports announcer. You need to go into the news. Like you need to do something along those lines. And I just was headstrong about going into sales. My dad was in sales. Him and I are very similar. And my good friend at the time that launched with me, she's like, you're always giving everyone else advice. Why don't you just start a podcast and put it out there for everyone else to listen to? And the inside of me was like, no one would ever care what I have to say, which I think there's a lot of people out there who are wanting to start something that can resonate with. What am I saying that's different or why would they care? And so I went through that whole thing and I kind of just came to this realization that there's people out there that are have taken my advice. And I know that there's a lot more people out there that could or that love to learn and are like me that I wanted to connect with. So that's originally why I started the podcast, my friend just really pushed me into doing it. And now I look back and I'm so grateful that I did. So that is why. And I started it. It's going to be a year ago this coming January. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, So I'm curious to know, were there any podcasts that inspired you or what are some of your favorite podcasts? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there's some big names out there. Lauren and Michael Bostic have always been someone that I've listened to for more of a self-growth. If I wanted to listen to different entrepreneurships, athletes, I think they have a wide range of quite literally anyone and everyone that they interview. So I liked the interview format because Nikki and I bond over this. We're both naturally very curious people. We just like to ask a lot of questions. We like putting ourselves in situations where we can learn from other people. So I knew I wanted to start interviewing people. 
And I knew I wanted to focus around entrepreneurship because that's where I have met a lot of really cool people and just found a lot of value in conversations. So I'd say the Skinny Confidential was another big or was one big one. Lately, Aaron and Carissa Thompson or Aaron Andrews and Carissa Thompson, I love their Calm Down podcast. That's more of like lighthearted mm-hmm. type of stuff. But there really wasn't a podcast that inspired me. I think it was more of the format. I knew I wanted to start my own business. Yeah. And that honestly stemmed from just being very much of a go-getter. You resonate with this, like very much of a control freak. We, I like to reap what I'm putting in. So if I work harder, I want to see those results. And I'll actually go on another tangent here of a story. I remember when back in what, 2008, my dad was one of the top sales rep in the country. And he, with the change of presidency, not going into politics, all that type of stuff, he got let go of his job. And I remember how much that affected him. And he was, again, one of the top sales reps. And I remember in that time, I was like, I never, ever want to put myself in a situation where I can't control what I'm making. And so that's when I was like, I always had to have a side hustle. And I knew then that I wanted to own my own business or do at least something on the side to supplement my corporate job. So I'd say that had a lot to do with it and just wanting control over the success I had and where I was going in my life. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. People who don't really know Erin personally probably don't know everything that she does. You know, it's not just the podcast. You have a full-time job. Uh, You are a yoga instructor. You also take yoga classes all of the time. I think a lot of people would be curious to know how you stay so consistent because there's never a week where you falter in any of these areas. So how do you maintain that? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's funny, like coming from your perspective, because the like doer in me knows that there's some times that I falter. I would say my biggest thing, and you've heard this from every single entrepreneur or every single person that I've interviewed is consistency is the key to success no matter what you're doing. You can't have long-term financial success, in my opinion, if you're not being consistent every single day. You know in sales, if we're not doing what we're supposed to do every single day, you're just not going to see success. Like We deal with that all the time. That's something you resonate with. And so I feel like I've just heard that so many times that if I want to be successful, if I want to be in shape, if I want to do all these things, I have to be consistent. And so I just make a way to do it, which is not a good answer. And I'll take that a step further and be more granular. I think everything starts from within. And so when you're talking about how do you work out every day and eating healthy, if I didn't do those two things, I wouldn't be successful in my career. And I would not have this podcast because I wouldn't have that outlet that allows me a creativity and B creates space for everything else in my life. Yeah. I also think you're someone that is really good at prioritizing your time. Like you make sure that you use every hour in the day. If it's 5 a.m., you're up going to yoga classes. And I think that's another piece that is hard to do, um, but you're very successful at that as well. I always say, how bad do you want something? When you really, 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 really want something, you're going to do anything in your power to get that. I do think a lot of it, which I could do a whole episode on nature versus nurture, but I just think a lot of it has to do with your nature. Like you and I are at work are wired very similarly. Mm -hmm. I think we have different strengths and different weaknesses, but we're 
at the end of the day, we're both very career oriented. We bond over that. We both want to be really successful. We both want to have families. I think for me, it's just a priority. And this is something that puts me more on like the assertive side of things that I know people can rub the wrong way. There's only one thing in life that you can never get back and that's time. Mm -hmm. You can never get back yesterday. You can't get back an hour ago. You can't get back 10 minutes ago. So I am not going to waste a second that I have to go do something or get after something that I want because there's nothing more frustrating. And we deal with this all the time in sales of like people not showing up or people wasting your time. I personally think it's one of the most disrespectful things you can do. So I try to respect other people's time in that way as well. So I would say that's probably my biggest tip for people out there is if you really want something, you'll prioritize that. Is it easy to get up at 5 a.m. every day? No. Did I wake up this morning and not want to go? Yes. But I saw a quote the other day that was talking about consistency starts when you get up on the days that you don't want to, not the days that you want to. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with that. I think, you know, action is the most important thing. So many people say, I want to do this. I want to do this. And my thing is go do it. And then they stop and they're like, but what, but how, but what? I'm like, you just have to go. You just have to do it. Take action. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be massive action. I think our culture and a lot of people out there are like, you have to do all of this stuff. And it's no, I'm consistent, but I don't do massive action every single day, whether it's editing for the podcast or looking up guests or writing down manifestations. Like sometimes it's little, it's just as little as that is just writing things down. And that's really how I keep myself on track and make sure that I'm doing everything some days. It's also not too there's days that I fall off. I mean, you're with me during the day where maybe you see that more than I do though. Cause you know, yeah, most people don't notice that you're being humble. You're pretty consistent. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, see, I'm not good at this. <laughs> I, this. I'm like not good at this stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to compliment yourself. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I'm, yeah. you know, like if someone gives you. me a compliment, I get so awkward. I just think it's something that a lot of people admire about me. And that's something that I always want to encourage people on the podcast and why I intentionally interview certain people is because I'm like, consistency is the most important thing. And consistency doesn't mean running a marathon, doing all this stuff. Like I tell Nikki all the time, I'm like, just do A, B, or C. Like you right. don't have to do everything in a day because it's going to crash and it's going to burn. And I've learned that the hard way. But I think for me personally, I know myself so well at this point that if I don't get a certain amount of sleep, if I don't work out, if I don't meditate, if I don't do my gratitude journal, everything else in my day falters. And so it's just not worth it for me to fall off track. And it's all about too, like setting milestones, right? You can have an end goal, but if you can set smaller milestones, like you're talking about to get to that end goal, then it's much easier to be consistent versus like, oh, I want to, you know, run a marathon. Well, you have to set those milestones of how much you want to run a week to be able to accomplish that milestone versus just trying to run all of that within one week. Very similar, you know, with any type of goal in your life. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where people miss up or mishap is that they set this goal. And we talked about this on last week's episode with Hannah and it's not a smart goal. There's You have no way of getting there. Mm-hmm. And I hate to be the one that's like, you're not going to get there because I don't, that's not positive mindset. But I just think you have to be very realistic. And this is something that Nikki will say. I probably take it a little bit to an extreme. 
but I try to be as realistic as possible about things. So if I can't do something, I'm not going to try to force it to happen or I'm very much of like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I also think a lot of it has to do with knowing what you can and you can't control. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most important lessons. And like you and I talk about this all the time, especially with work, is that I can control myself. I can't control anything else in this world. Right. And 90% of the time, half the stuff that ha- like happens to me or things that occur to have a higher power that I believe in. So I just think if I can control getting up in the morning and working out, what I'm putting into my body, showing up at work, doing all of those things, the outcome is always going to be positive if you're doing the right things along the way. Yeah. That's kind of my mindset. No, I totally agree with you. It's controlling the controllables. I always say it's like three words. It's belief, intention, and repetition. You have to believe that it can happen. You have to be intentional about making it happen. And then you have to have repetition and consistency like you were referring to earlier. Exactly. And bringing it back to the people out in the audience, I think there's a lot of people that can resonate with this. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to be consistent, but I just think when you're doing, you're setting that intention, you're believing that it's happening and you're being consistent, good things are going to come. And I also think the biggest thing is having patience, right? which is another thing that especially us sales reps are not probably the best at, (laughs) but you just have to really trust and know that things are going to happen when they're meant to happen as long as you keep showing up. And I've been showing up for this podcast for a year. And are there certain things that I wish would have happened by now or certain partnerships or certain numbers? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I can't stop because then I'm never going to get there. I only have one choice and that's to keep going because one day I'll get to that place and I'll look back and I'll be like, it was all those little things that I did that got me to where I am today. So a little inspiration. (laughs) I love that. Awesome. Well, I, I think that's that was a good topic. That was uh, a, good, a really good point. Um, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about your personal life, right? We talked professional. How do you then prioritize dating, your social scene, and all of those other aspects of life that's also important? Yeah, when you first asked me this question, that was the first thing that I felt felt like has fallen over the last 24 months. And I'll kind of take it back to, I've always been a naturally more social person. In high school, I always had a lot of friends. In college, I had friends. I always prioritized work. But I think, again, it kind of goes back to like those priorities. Mm -hmm. As long as I'm doing yoga, I have a job, I can do the podcast, then everything else can kind of supplement that. I will say, and this is something Nikki will agree with and all of my friends, dating has never in my life been on the front burner. And I know this is probably a hot topic and there's people out there that are going to be like, you're crazy. Why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Or on the flip side, aspire to be more like that. I've just been so independent in nature that dating is never something that was a checkbox or something that I can control. And so I categorize things in my life to things I can control and things that I can't control. If it in that can't control box, which again, I know there's probably going to be people like, you can control dating. Theoretically, I guess you can if you're putting yourself out there, which I do do. Uh-huh. I'm not on dating apps or anything, but it's just not the front runner. For me, it was always get a career, 
have certain financial goals that I've hit. If I meet someone along the way, I meet some along the way. It's just been very much of a God thing for me. I don't really know how to explain it. That's just my dating life. Do you think it's dating in this day and age or do you think it's dating in general as a priority compared to like what you were saying, everything else in your life? I think it's so interesting because I'm going to turn this back on Nikki. She's married to her high school sweetheart. So she has such a different experience, but I will say from the very few high school sweethearts that I've ever met, her and her husband are such good compliments to each other. And they have such a good relationship that I think if I had met someone that was that big of a compliment, I think I would have been open to the idea more. So I guess to answer your question, I think dating, and I think there's a lot of people out there that would agree it's hard Mm -hmm. in this day and age. I just feel like I'm almost so picky, which I know is a problem. My friends have told me this before. I think I have a really good idea of what I want because I know who I am that I just, and I don't put up with any, excuse my friends, like any bullshit in any avenue of my life. I'm so time sensitive. My days are structured almost to a T that for me to fit someone in and me to compromise, they'd have to bring a lot of value into my life. I do think it's hard. It's just different. I mean, what do you kind of speak to being? Yeah. Well, that's why I asked that question because like Aaron said, I've been with my husband for, you know, over 10 years. And I'm just, I feel like I could not do the adding, uh, dating app thing. Yeah. But I, I also think that that's a huge piece of dating nowadays. So I'm just curious if it's more so how you meet people or that you just don't want to make time compared to everything else in your life. I think it has a lot to do with it just not being a priority. I mean, I put myself in situations so you asked about my social life. When I first moved to Dallas, the very first thing I told myself was say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And when I mean everything, I mean quite literally everything. I never said no unless I had another commitment or a work priority ever. I jumped into yoga teacher training. Anyone I met in yoga teacher training, I went out with them. Anyone at work. I did everything to try to meet people because I felt like that was the only way that I was going to open myself up. And I think the biggest piece of advice, and I think we're probably jumping to an, another question, is if you're moving to a new city, you have to keep an open mind. Or you, I'm not going to say you're not going to be successful, but you have to be open-minded and you can't go in with, I'm only going to be friends with these type of people, or I'm only going to be associated with this. It's just not going to work. You change, people change, who you're friends with in high school. You're, it's not who you're going to be friends with after college. That's just been, yeah, in early in your career. So I think that's something that's super important in dating. I mean, I've met a lot of people out Mm -hmm. just like going to concerts or at the bar or through mutual friends or Nikki tries to set me up with everyone. I'm just kidding. It's not a joke. (laughs) She's like, what about him? I'm like, no, Nikki, abort situation. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I just, it's probably different. I don't know. I mean- You might not know the answer. It could be a mix. You know, the dating app scene is not your scene. And then on top of that, you have all these other priorities too, which in turn leads it to be more difficult to date, which would make a lot of sense. And I also think a lot of it has to do with the energy. And I truly believe this and you probably believe this too, that the energy you put out is the energy you attract. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think I've been energetically aligned in a place that I'm open to that idea because there's so much 
fear around a loss of independence and b just not being able to do everything that I do. Like if I can't go to workout class or I can't do the podcast. And you even said this the other day, you're like, I feel like it'd be easier because her husband helps her and does a lot of things. That's what I always say. And again, I've been with my husband for so long. I feel like we, we need each other, not need each other. Right. We have our own independence, which is so great about us is that we can go off and do our own thing. Um, and we prefer that, but we're also there for each other. So if there's a commitment that I need to make sure that I do, he can cover me in other areas. And I never feel like I need to make sure he's okay or he's good. Like he'll let me know if he needs something from me. And so it's, it's great because it's like you have someone there whenever you need them. Yeah. And I think it's seeing relationships like yours and Justin and my parents and other friends that are married and have that, because I think it's hard to see that are hard to, you know, I have relationships that I've seen that make me not want to date because I'm like, I would never want to be that miserable. I would never want to be talked to like that. There's just so many things that I think when you're dating, especially, you know, I'm my friend Hope, shout out Hope, her and I are like been best friends, but it's because we're both single. We were on the same wavelength. I just think like with you and Justin, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And you guys were very much of like God intervened, totally meant to be type of And and granted we've been together like for so long. And so that unconditional love and having each other's back, that's formed over time. You can't force that once you meet someone and know that they're going to have your back no matter what. It's something that has grown with time. And so you're going to have to go through dating and getting to know people to figure out who your person is. And if, you know, someone can be there for you or if you're, they're more of a burden to you with your professional life. Yeah. Just going to take time. I mean, I'm, I'm always open-minded about it. If someone introduces me to someone and I find them attractive, I'm not going to say no. And I tell everyone this. My friends are like, I have one friend in particular, and she's always like, you need to be open-minded about it. And I think I have an open mind. I'm just not going to go out of my way to go do something, which I guess maybe theoretically is not an open mind. I just don't have the go-getter personality when it comes to dating. Yeah. I think my faith is a huge part of my life. And I think that's one area that I just truly believe if it's meant to be, it's going to be. And there's nothing I can do to stop it, prevent it from happening, or force it to happen. And that's okay. Like, I mostly kid when I try to introduce you to uh, (laughs) different guy friends, but I I admire that. I think that's awesome that you feel confident in in not needing someone and that you want to create your own life first. And if, like you said, someone comes along the way, great. And if not that's fine too. Yeah. I'm trying to get better at not being so independent because I think, and I had this conversation the other day of there's two sides of the spectrum. People who are either love to be in relationships, very codependent, not that that's a good or a bad thing, or me on the other end of it, that's so independent. I'm trying to find more of a middle ground and a like letting go of control a little bit not having an ego when it comes into it. That's something I'm working on with myself internally, but I mean, I'm always open-minded. It's just. Yeah. Well, I think meeting someone that mirrors you Mm -hmm. in those qualities, it's what's going to be the most important because you can have a relationship and not be codependent. You just need to make sure that you find someone that also is career-driven and independent and 
you know, can just be there as a life partner with you. Yeah. And not feel threatened by success. And Nikki's husband is such a good example of this because Nikki has had tremendous success at her job. And there's not a, like a falter in your guys' relationship, which I think happens a lot of times when the female or even the male too has a ton of success, kind of not overnight, but in four years, you've sold more and made a lot of money. So I think it's just hard. And I want someone that no matter what happens in my life, whether I'm super successful or whether I'm not, they're not going to get envious or get jealous of that success. I think that's something that's super important to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and Justin is very even keel content, but he's also someone who strives for success. Exactly. Which is why we work so well together. He's very successful with his jobs and his hobbies. And um, honestly, why I think we're such a great fit is because we both are going down the same path in life. Exactly. Um, So yeah. And you guys are both very career driven, which again is hard to find like you and you guys are both successful but I think whether you're having more success or he's having more success it's not like this competition of who's better I'm ahead it's not like a ladder that you're trying to climb above each other it's like hey you're doing really well great hey you're doing really well great it's not there's no ego battle absolutely it's like if he gets a promotion which he's gotten a few I'm always like yay it feels like I got a promotion like it's exciting when he does well. I'm excited personally and for him. And so I think finding someone where you can be really genuinely happy for them and their success is equally important. Yeah. Yeah. Time. Time, time. will tell. Time. You'll find someone <laughs> in time. No rush. Um, well, you know, I think that, that you know, s- switching over to another topic, I want to talk about self-image and having – because you're someone who has a positive self-image – you don't care what people think and not in a bad way, you know, in a great way because you are your own person and you're proud of that. So why don't you talk a little bit more about that? And that actually wraps right into the whole dating friends question. I will say, I think again, a lot of it has to do with, and I don't want this to be deterring, be deterring for people out there listening. I think you, I see questions all the time. I hear it all the time on podcasts of how do I gain confidence And every single time I hear this question, a part of me breaks inside for whoever wrote that question. And a part of me is like, this is going to sound blunt, get off social media and get inside your own body. Confidence doesn't come from all the external things that society and Instagram and all of this stuff portrays it out to be. I'm going to give a prime example. When I first started getting into working out, I did it solely because A, I was unhappy in who I was in high school and B, because I wanted to look better because I thought when I looked better that I would feel better, which goes hand in hand. But I think we have this perception of like, once we're this fit or we have this much money or I have this and all these external factors that you're going to be automatically confident. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many times that situation fails. You can agree with this. You're nodding. I mean, I just think we're always looking for confidence in external factors when confidence comes solely internally. I would say naturally, just like the Leo, we were just doing the human design and like the Enneagram. I think a lot of it has to do with just my nature. My mom and I are very similar in the hard headed and my dad is a very confident, like leader driven person. So I think a lot of it comes from that. I will say 
a lot of my confidence and not caring, I just came to the conclusion and kind of like the story that I gave earlier, everyone has an opinion on you. Mm -hmm. There's someone that's not going to like you. There's someone that's going to love you. There's going to be guys that think you're ugly. There's going to be guys that think you're the hottest thing since sliced bread. There's going to be girls that want to be your friend. There's going to be girls that say you're mean or bully you or put mean comments on your podcast. I mean, I've seen it. I've heard it. I've done it all. And I think I just came to this realization where I'm like, I don't want to please other people around me because it's not giving me any happiness. And I also saw a quote too, which is a whole confidence tangent. I could do a whole episode on this, that confidence comes from the promises that you make to yourself. And when I really, I did a whole journal episode on this or journal entry on this. And it really got me thinking that when I wake up every day and I commit to the things that I told myself, you're showing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that in turn builds confidence because you're not faltering or you're not bailing on people or you're just showing up for yourself. And it's also doing hard things. I think that's another thing that I absolutely love is confidence comes from doing hard things. And I will 1000% agree with that. Our job is not easy. We deal with a lot of no's. We deal with a lot of rejection. I deal with it in all avenues of, of my life. And so I feel like all the no's that I get and all the rejection and all the mean things that people have said to me just validate that everyone has an opinion. And I, the only thing I can do is just be confident in who I am because I'm the only one that knows who I am. Yeah. And I think it's one of the most powerful things that I hope everyone out there listening is that you are in charge of you. No one else is ever going to be you. And if that's not powerful in itself, like you can have a child, they're not going to be you. You're the only person in this world with your voice, with your hair color, with your lashes, with your eyebrows, with your bank account. No one else is you. So I'm like, why would I not take that and just run with it? No, I love that. And I saw a quote once, and I hope I don't butcher this, but it it essentially was saying, like, no one's really truly going to understand you. You know, you're your best friend in the whole world you've known since you're a baby. And then someone who meets you for the first time on the street, they're automatically going to have a perception of you, and it's never going to match the true you. And so why try to please everyone or try to be a certain way when, um, you know, that's just not going to happen in their minds? And there was this other statement I heard. It's uh, if you can focus on your own characteristics instead of judging yourself based off of, you know, your accomplishments or your physical attributes, it's who are you as a person and how can you get better every day? Yeah, that's really, I like that. That was really good, Nikki. Thank you so much. (laughs) Getting better every day. That was really good. I like that. Yeah. And Nikki, always ask because we're just very different in nature. Mm -hmm. Like I'm such a tomboy. I never wear like, not that you wear super tight clothes, but I never wear makeup. Nikki loves to do makeup and she's really good at it. I also think it's just knowing kind of like you just like knowing who you are Mm -hmm. and just owning that. Like you doing all that stuff like makes you, you. And I feel like that's something that I admire because I could never do that. It's just not something that comes. And so And my mom always, she's like, why don't you put on a little makeup? And I do when I'm going out and stuff like that. And I do dress up, but I also am like, if you're not going to like me, like if you're my significant other, you're going to see me without makeup. If you don't like me when I don't have makeup on, then the door is right there. There's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're eventually going to see who I am. And so it kind of goes back to how time is the most important thing. 
probably, I mean, it's one of those top things that I could go on a rant about, but I just, it saves everyone time if I'm myself, if I'm putting myself in friendships or if I'm putting myself in work or if I'm doing things that aren't authentic to who I am, I'm wasting your time because I'm not showing up as who I am. And I don't want to waste your time because I don't want you to do that to me. Yeah. Like I said earlier, there's nothing more disrespectful than showing up and someone's just rude or they're wasting their time or you find out later that they're a terrible person and they're lying. Save me all your bullshit and just come up front with that. I just yeah. think it's, I don't know, I just think it's like being a coward. And that's one thing that I always try to pride myself in is like be authentic, show up as who you are. If I'm in yoga, if I'm at work, if I'm at home, I'm always the same person which I think has a lot to do with just confidence is not changing who you are based off of your audience. Yeah. I think if that's that a really good point. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. If you're a tomboy, be a tomboy. If you're glamorous, be glamorous. Just be who you are. Don't try to be someone else and embrace it. Yeah. And for everyone out there listening, I always say I'm like psycho self-reflective to the point where it's takes up time. I'm the same way. Yeah. We both talk about that all the time and this will kind of lead into like my faith and stuff like that. But I just think the most, another important thing that if you're out there and you're trying to find confidence in, and I'm telling you to like get off social media and go internal, what I'm saying by going internal is like really take a full like scan of who you are. What do you like to do? Genuinely like, not what your mom likes, not what your dad likes, not what your sister likes, not what your best friend likes. What do you, you like? What are things that you're genuinely good at? Are you a good talker? Are you good at sports? What are you good at? And I think once you write all that stuff down, start taking those small actions towards those things. Start making promises to yourself. I always try to give very actionable tips and takeaways from every episode. And I think that's one thing if you're out there and you're trying to build confidence, start keeping those promises to yourself. I liked Nikki's of having a belief, setting an intention repetition, and repetition to make things happen, have consistency and just start showing up as yourself. And I believe I talked about this on a previous episode with Drew and he was saying that there's a, you know, confidence is hard and you're showing up as either yourself or different in different situations. And, and Drew was talking about how He's like, I would rather be rejected for being myself mm-hmm. than being rejected for someone that I was trying to be. And I loved when he said that because I'm like, exactly. He always makes fun of me because he's like, you show up full force, Aaron, all the time. You're always a hundred percent. You're always so bubbly. You always have so much energy. I'm like, yeah. And if you don't like me, at least you don't like me for me. Mm-hmm. It's not like you don't like me because I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. Yeah. That's almost – so I loved that. I think that's another thing too for people out there that are struggling with that is just showing up for yourself. And I know this is something you appreciate about me and it's just you appreciate people who are honest yeah. and authentic to who they are. Absolutely. I was going to say that. It's it's important also who you hang around with, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you – I saw a quote the other day and it was like whenever you're around people, pay attention to who you feel encouraged by and who you feel drained by. The people who you feel encouraged by are the people you should be consistently around and the people you're drained by are the people you should try to probably avoid a little bit more because you are who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to strive and get better, then you should always be around people that are the same way. It's so true because I felt like I lost 
a few friends on my journey, we'll call it like journey to becoming who I was, which I think is very, it sounds very cliche and like very cheesy, which is not like me. But when I was really starting meditation, I was stopping doing a lot of the things that I, you know, going out all the time or putting myself headfirst into my career. I started to lose people. And I thought that it was because I was being a bad friend or I'm someone that just always takes the blame if other people can't, which I think a lot of the time people don't take ownership for their own actions. And so I'll just take the blame because I'm like, it's a lot easier for me to deal with it emotionally and mentally than sometimes it is for other people. And I started to realize that is the more I became myself and the more driven I became and the more I started to go after the things that were aligning with who I was, those people started to surround me. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a fear when it comes to confidence and showing up as yourself that people are going to reject you or people aren't going to resonate with it or people aren't going to like you. And my thought on that is if you're not being authentic to yourself, then the friends around you aren't being authentic to you. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't you rather just kind of shed those layers and really come into who you are and start chasing those things? Because the right people are going to fill in around you. It might take time. Are there going to be periods of loneliness? Absolutely. But I think strength and confidence comes from independence, doing things on your own, being alone, quite literally in your house, whatever it is, just being alone and being with yourself. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's a really good point. And that that leads into my next question. Uh, like me, you're someone, you're big with manifestation, meditation. How did you get into that and develop a mindset of gratitude? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I would say, I'm like pausing, so I'm trying to think of like the best if way to say that. there was a moment or if you're, you've, you've always been like this and you've been raised to be someone that Definitely was not always like this. I'm going to give two like main points in my life that I truly believe altered the course of who I am and altered the entire course of my life. The first one I already mentioned was when my dad lost his job and my dad and I are very similar. I'm a lot closer with my mom than I am my dad, but my dad and I just have more similar traits. And I just feel like there's this just like knowing between us that like, I know my dad is always there for me and he's been just such a great role model in my life, but we're so much alike that I don't always go for him for advice because my mom and I are just not as similar. That's a different tangent. But that point when my dad got let go changed the course of who I was professionally. That changed me from being someone that when I was in middle school wanted to be a stay-at-home mom or wanted to work my way up in corporate or whatever it was into a, just having a lot better work ethic and be recognizing that your entire life can change in a blink of an eye. And so I wanted to take control of my own destiny in regards to my profession. So that is the first moment. The second is when my mom got in a car accident, which I think I've talked about a few times here. And I would say that was the turning point for me personally when I switched my attitude to gratitude into positive. I think I was naturally born more energetic, more positive. I was always smiling. Mm -hmm. But I think when you have someone and my mom is like my best friend, 
that close to you that your life quite literally blinks in the flash of an eye. And my mom completely changed as a person. (laughs) That was just the wake up call that I needed of tomorrow is not promised. Mm -hmm. You can't get back yesterday. I don't want to do, be, see, hang out with anyone that is going to waste my time or is going to jeopardize that. I just feel like time is so important. And I just think it really puts things into perspective and it's, it is sad. And I think some people are like, oh, or, and I'm not looking for empathy or sympathy or any type of, oh, ooze. that's not what I'm looking for. I just think when you have those points in your life and you look back, they were really pivotal points, especially in my development. I think I was 13 when my dad lost his job. And then I was in college when the whole thing with my mom happened. And it, that was just really the point where I was like, okay, you have two choices in life. You can be a victim of your circumstances, Mm -hmm. which piece of advice for everyone out there, it's never going to get you anywhere in life. The victim mentality doesn't work. I think we see it a lot in the workplace. I've seen it a million times over in friendships. It's not going to get you where you want to go. Or you can choose to wake up every day, be happy, be positive, and take control of your circumstances. Take control of your destiny. Think positive and good things will happen. A little bit about, I think it's important for people to know different types of manifesting and meditation that you can do, right? There's so many different types of ways to meditate. How do you meditate? What is the most effective way of meditating? Yeah. So I started meditating. It'll be a full, like a little over a year this come January. And I was raised Catholic, was raised, raised religious. I can't talk. And faith was never something, it was always in the back of my head, but it was never something that was a super front runner through middle school and through high school. Yeah. I think I was too young. I was too naive. I was too much of a middle child. Nikki and I are both middle children (laughs) to resonate with following the rules or being religious. It just wasn't in my DNA. And I think it really was when my mom got in a car accident and just hearing her story and how she felt that God intervened and all this type of stuff that kind of gave me that wake up call. I would say I found myself spiritually through yoga, just being by yourself. And that's really when I reconnected with my faith. So that it's probably been what, six years now, but I would say over the last two years and through meditation, I've just seen so much difference and I've relied on it more in everyday decisions and business decisions and just life than I think I ever have from the types of meditation. So I will tag this in the show notes, but I always, and I linked it the other day, I always do, this goes back to structure, (laughs) but I always do the same meditation and it's Boho Beautiful. It's on YouTube. It's free. I know she has an app if anyone has that app out there listening. And it's more of like a mantra, but for me, it's just sitting in the silence, or I guess it's not silence because she's talking to you with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I've had so many people that are like, well, how do you do that? I think too much, or I do this wrong. I think too. I have thoughts. I make to-do lists in my head, but that doesn't disregard that you're sitting there with your eyes shut, breathing by yourself for 10 minutes. I think that's the most important part. So don't get caught up if you're trying and like what you think you're doing wrong because you're really not doing it wrong if you're sitting there and you're breathing, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. What do you do? Oh, 
I, yeah, I do a few different things. That's one of them, just sitting in your thoughts. And I think another one is completely getting rid of your thoughts. And that's difficult to do. But if you can focus on your breathing, mm-hmm. or sometimes it's just imagining in your, yourself in you know, the most beautiful place you've ever been, you know, walking around and just getting lost in your own head, it just allows you to calm down. Um, that's another way that I often meditate. I, yeah, I'm not always the best at that. I feel like things always pop in my head. I try, I focus on my breath and I think yoga has a lot to do with that too, which I know your mom is a yoga instructor. So I think that's more of like my moving meditation, but meditation is something new. Yeah. I listened to this. I think it was an app that I downloaded for meditation and they, they gave a great analogy of, you know, thoughts that pass by as you're trying to meditate. Imagine them like cars that pass Mm -hmm. by. You can either pay attention to the cars or you can just let it be background noise. And so it's one of those things that you may start in a minute and then work your way up to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. But um, if you can just start and try even for a few seconds or a minute or so to let yourself be calm, then you've meditated. That's it. Yeah. I like that. And it goes back to one of my most the thing that I advise everyone is just starting. Yeah. You might start a 10 minute meditation. I'm not even up. I can do 15 minutes by minute 12. I can feel myself starting to get a little fidgety. I'm like, hey, I'm getting antsy. I try to do it before I drink coffee. So I'm not like too don't have energy really that much. Um, but I love it. And I would say for a lot of people out there, if you're someone that your mind races before bed, which I think a lot of people do, yeah. I'll put in a meditation and just I'm laying there. I'm not super focused on my breathing, but I will fall asleep almost instantaneously after because it just totally decompresses your brain. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another, if you're someone that wants to start, do it right before you're about to go to bed because you're already in that relaxing state and you'll just notice yourself calm down. And for me, it's done a lot of internal healing on subconscious reactions that I had to things that I knew consciously. But once I really dove in and was in the silence, they came up through those meditations, which was helpful. So, and I know you love it. Yeah. And also if you're brand new, download an app, like this Mm -hmm. isn't an ad, but there are a lot of different great apps out there for manifesting for, um, if you want to, I mean, I have a bunch on my phone. I was going to say, tell them. And I forgot what this is. Um, yeah, she has two apps on her phone that she told me about. She's like, Aaron, you would love these. Yeah. And they pop up on my phone. Like, it's hard to explain, um, but I have one that's a motivation quote. One is I am. So it's like you're telling yourself every day, you know, I'm mine right now says I'm proud of myself for getting this far. That's great. And it switches every, you could set it for hours or a few minutes. Every time you open your phone, which we all do so subconsciously, mm-hmm. um, it's the first thing you see. So it's just starting your day or starting your hour or whatever with a positive outlook, a good quote or some sort of motivation. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I just think it all comes back to just getting started. I think having faith and meditation has a lot to do with, it just calms and it brings you back to releasing and letting go and knowing that a higher power and there's something greater than yourself. I think surrendering to that inner knowing and just showing up every day and doing those things, but leaving everything else go just creates so much space mentally, physically, and emotionally. I think we carry a lot of stuff that we think is our fault or why did this happen or why me? That when you just let that all go and you just let things in on the other episode or 
a couple weeks ago, Philip said this and he hit the nail on the head. And I'm so glad he said this. Nothing in my life that fell apart wasn't replaced by something better. And I love that because anytime something has happened to me and I'm in tears or I'm calling my mom or even my mom's car accident, which was terrible. And I would never want, wish that upon anyone. And I still to this day pray all the time. I don't know why my mom has this happened, but it taught me and my siblings so much about life that I sometimes think that was God's way of like guiding us and putting things on my path, like this podcast that I don't think had that had happened, I would be where I am today. So it's just perspective. And like, how can you change something bad to be something good by just looking at yourself in the mirror and just thinking like, how can I turn this into a positive or what can I do differently and then surrender and let everything else happen? Yeah, I absolutely love that. And if you can look at every situation and find the positive, even if it's not now, if it's later down the road, typically there is one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything is as cliche as it is. Everything happens for a reason. I at least believe that. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, if you can just find that reason later or now, then you'll be fine. I think also there's this other saying and it's like, whatever you worried about six months ago or a year ago or three years ago, typically you're not worrying about that same thing. Um, it's moved on, you're past it. And so don't harp too much on bad or negative situations and just try to get through them as best as possible. So true. Like when your example, when you're crying over a boy and I made this joke the other day and then three months later you look back and I'm, what in the world was I thinking? Yeah. That just well, took up an hour of my time. What the heck? Yeah, you just wasted an hour He's of my not time. Worth that space in my mind. I could have been going for a run. Yeah, <laughs> could have been doing anything. Could have been recording a podcast. I know. <laughs> oh, geez. So that is a good one. Do you have any other questions? Last question is: Is what are you grateful for? Oh, she took my limelight. Nikki, is there anything else you want to add? I know you're a guest interviewing me. I feel like you've added a lot of tidbits. I'm going to ask you one question because I think it's like one of the most ever, anyone can resonate with it. Everyone wants advice on this. If there's a few pieces of a relationship advice that you would give to people out there that are A, either dating or B, or married, what pieces of advice would you give to them? Because I think you and Justin are one of the very few people in my life that I actually truly can say that I admire your relationship, which for me to say that is quite hard. Not hard. Well, <laughs> I you. sound so mean. Well, thank you. That's so nice. Um, man, I I mean, I could go on with, with advice for relationships. I would say, you know, I'll keep it simple. Be yourself. Uh, find your best friend. You always tell me that. I always say that. Find your best friend. Um and communicate. I think some people are so afraid of communicating and talking things through. If there's ever an issue or y'all ever have a problem or ever doubting anything, just sit down and talk. Um, because I think sometimes in relationships, people don't talk things through and then they turn into bigger things and they escalate and then they blow up later. And it's just important if, if there's something wrong or something you need to talk through, just sit down and have the conversation. Um, yeah, that would be my best advice. I know Nikki always gives me that advice. She's like, you just need to find someone that's your best friend, which I totally agree. That's how my parents are. And they always talk about work and stuff like that. So I feel like you always give really good advice. All right. Well, Nikki stole the the last question. So what am I grateful for? I am grateful for my family and the opportunity to go home tomorrow to see my family and spend Thanksgiving, which I have not seen them in forever. So 
as always, I'm grateful for this podcast. But what about you, Nikki? What are you grateful for? Same. <laughs> Same. I'm grateful for my family, my husband, my puppy, and being able to go enjoy some Thanksgiving food. Yeah. That'll be nice. We're going to eat it all up. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you liked this episode. So does Nikki. As always, rate, review, subscribe, follow, whatever's going on in Apple Podcast. And we will see you all next week. Thank you. Bye.